Hello and welcome to episode 25, 25 where I should have opened my notes before I started recording this. Where are my notes? Episode 25 of the Forever Athletic Podcast with me, Coach Ian Wood. And apologies this week, this episode is going to be going out two days later than planned because I had my anniversary weekend in London and it was really, really great. And we stayed in London until Monday. Monday is normally the day that I record the first podcast of the week. I was in London having a great time. I thought I'll do it on Tuesday uh, morning. I'll get it out and done. Life got in the way. Life got in the way again this morning. Uh, so here we are on Thursday. Pathetic excuse for not getting the episode out on Tuesday. Uh, but you're going to have to deal with it because that is exactly what happened. Anyway, episode 25. This week, I'm going to be talking to you about how to best balance weight training and endurance training and how I'm currently applying that to my own training and programming for some of my online clients at the moment. So firstly, this combination of strength training and endurance training is becoming increasingly popular, probably alongside the rise of CrossFit over the last decade. I'm old enough to have seen pretty much all of that rise from start to finish. Uh, the more recent rise of High Rocks, so the fitness race, which is combining 8-ish K of running, I think it is, with functional fitness exercise stations in between, breaking it up. And then also kind of the specific hybrid training, which is becoming very popular at the minute as well, where people aim to combine more of the extremes of a specific of either powerlifting, weightlifting, or bodybuilding in the gym with the opposite extremes of Ironman, ultramarathons, and so on. And this is quite attractive to the population that I work with. So everyday athletes, people who see themselves or want to be athletic, the gym isn't just about this kind of health and aesthetic sort of benefit. It is about what you can actually do, what you're capable of. And these things, are they're quite enticing uh, for many good reasons. So um, that's why kind of we're talking about it today. But if this was the 80s, people would just be calling this being fit or getting fit. And it's more of a recent phenomenon that we actually kind of separate the two things into strength training and endurance training. And we kind of pick our house that we want to live in and we only stay in that house and we never go outside. So for the sake of this podcast, I'm actually going to take it a little bit more in that sort of 80s sort of approach. Like this is just being general and getting fit because while you may have that goal of doing like your first local CrossFit competition or your first high rocks or improving your high rocks time, doing your first marathon, things like that, for me, actually, the biggest benefits of this style of training where you're combining weightlifting with endurance work is the long-term health and fitness benefits. For me, that sounds very forever athletic. It is very much an everyday athlete sort of thing. Because as we know from research, there's a big correlation between your aerobic fitness and your life expectancy with your resting heart rate and your heart rate variability being most closely linked to that benefit. And there's also a big correlation between strength and particularly muscle mass and the quality of life in your later years. So just generally being able to still move around, get yourself up off your chair, get yourself off the floor if you fall, things like that is really, really important. So for an everyday athlete who isn't getting any younger, like myself, for me, being able to find that balance between the strength training that I know, love, it's been a huge part of my life over the last two decades, and I'm really familiar with the benefits of it, but also balancing that with the endurance work that I've been learning to love over the last couple of years and really feeling the benefits of it, it's really, really important to me. And I think that's really, really important to you as well because it keeps me fit, it keeps me healthy, it keeps me focused both in the short term and also in the long term as well. And it means that I can do some pretty cool things along the way as well, whether that's a strength feat in the gym that I'm really proud of, something athletic whilst I'm playing a sport or doing something from my friends or doing something like an ultramarathon across the Perlex, which is something I never thought I'd be able to do. And to have that broad spread of capabilities is really cool. It keeps training fresh. It keeps it different all the time. 
And that's why I think it's really beneficial and why I'm going to cover it in this podcast. So let's work through the basic premises of how to best balance the two with kind of three, hang on, four top tips to get the most out of your training when combining gym work and endurance work together at the same time. So first and foremost, do one program that combines the two because what will most often happen is you want to do some strength stuff in the gym. So you go online and you find a strength program and you also want to do some running stuff. So you go back online and you'll find a running program and then you'll do both of those programs. But both of those programs haven't been written with the consideration of the other one in terms of the work that's being put in it, the volume that's being put in it, and the recovery demand that is coming out of that program. So essentially, you're doing two programs concurrently that both require 100% of your recovery and 100% of your attention. And you can see where this is probably going to go. It's not going to have a good outcome. You're going to burn yourself out. You're potentially going to injure yourself. You're going to be knackered all the time. Your recovery is going to be poor, which means that your performance in all of those sessions after the first couple of weeks is going to be really, really poor and you're not going to get the benefits that you want to see. So it's much better to get one consolidated program that brings the two things together and accounts for each of them. So that's probably going to be a strength program that looks more like the minimum effective dose. And if you think about the 80-20 rule where you can get 80% of the benefits from 20% of the input, you're really going to be focusing on that 20% that's going to get you most of the benefit. It's going to get you moving forward but have the lowest possible recovery demand because then you can layer on top the 20% of the running or the endurance work that's going to give you 80% of that benefit as well. And then that way you can bring the two programs together into one well-considered, well-thought-out, logical program that will not bury you and actually give you good results in both sides. So that's tip number one. Do one program that combines the two and it's kind of come from one thought process from the same place, okay? Then within that program, tip number two, you're going to want to consolidate your stresses. So you've got two different training modalities that you're going to be using. You're going to be using resistance training in the gym, and then there's going to be some endurance training, whether it's running, cycling, swimming, whatever it is that you're choosing. Within those two, even though they're very different, you have very very similar stresses that you can apply on a kind of spectrum. So at one end, you've got high intensity. So in the gym, that's going to look like strength and power work. So very high output, very low reps, very high intensity, those sorts of things. In the cardio world, that'll look like your intervals. So doing very high speed, but for shorter periods of time with longer rest periods in between so you can maintain that higher speed, okay? You're going to want to consolidate those stresses, those kind of sessions at one end of your week. Then on the other end of the spectrum, you've got your high volume. So in the gym, that's going to be things like your hypertrophy work or your muscular endurance work. So longer sets, 8, 10, 12, 15, 20 reps per set, those sorts of things, potentially with slower tempos, not necessarily thinking about the absolute weight that you're using, but the accumulation of the work that you're doing over time, time of detention, metabolic stress, muscular damage, those sorts of things is what we're focusing on in the gym. And then the endurance world, that's going to be looking like your zone two, long, slow cardio where you're taking many, many, many steps, going for a much longer period of time, but a much lower uh, speed. Two very different things, but they're going to have a very similar stress and it's going to be a volume sort of stress. And you want those to be at the other end of your week. So potentially at the start of the week, you've got all your strength stuff and your intervals. At the end of the week, you've got your hypertrophy and the endurance because what that's going to do is going to let you recover from one stress at a time, either the intensity stress or the volume stress. Then you can clear that recovery out quicker and crack on with the next ability. And you can also kind of train one whilst you're recovering from the other. 
Whereas if you try and slam both of them in consistently all at the same time, you're never fully recovering from one of them. So that'd be my second tip. Consolidate your stresses within your week. So you're doing all your high intensity work at one time and all your higher volume time uh, or work at another time. Then on to step number three, I would avoid what I call beige training. So that'll be the middle ground between the two. So strength or interval work that's too light or too slow because you didn't take enough rest in time and you didn't prioritize the intensity of the work that you were doing. You cut things a little bit too short. You were too fatigued, so you couldn't push to that high intensity. You won't get the strength benefit that you want from it. You won't get the speed benefit you want from it from the same extent that you would if you did it with more rest and you did it the right way, but you'll still have a massive recovery demand. So you're not getting as much of the benefit with as much of the downside, if that makes sense. And then the same with your endurance work. So your endurance work, you potentially do it too fast so that you're actually taxing your muscle fibers and making them have to recover more because they're going to be the limiting factor in that endurance work rather than just solely training your aerobic system, your heart and your lungs, something that's very easy for your physical body, your muscles uh, and your joints to recover from, okay? So that would look like your zone three work. You'll get maybe some additional benefit on top of your zone two training, but not loads but you're going to get a significantly higher recovery demand as well because it was just that bit too fast, okay? All of that stuff in the middle, I call it the beige training because it gives you some additional benefit from either doing nothing or from being a little bit slower or a little bit less intense, but it doesn't give you as much benefit as the extreme. So that's super high intensity or that super high volume at a lower intensity. And because it doesn't give you as much benefit and because it is slightly more work than you need to be doing, it comes at an additional recovery cost. And that recovery cost you just can't afford when you're trying to train two things to a relatively high standard at the same time. It just makes it very low on low return on investment training. So tip number three, try and avoid that middle ground, that beige training. And then finally, number four, expect it to take a bit longer. So sure, you could get stronger quicker if you weren't running or you could run faster if you weren't lifting. But if you were doing that, you wouldn't be able to look jacked whilst you're running a marathon because you won't be doing both of the things. So if you want both outcomes, you will need to work on both at the same time, but you'll also need to compromise accordingly, which means that minimum effective dose is going to be your friend. It is effective, but it's not optimal for any one goal, but it can't be because you're working towards two goals. So you have to expect it to take a little bit longer. Be patient. Sometimes it won't feel like you're getting anywhere, but particularly later in training phases where you peel a little bit of the fatigue away and you let your fitness shine, you will see the benefits of training both at the same time. Just expect it to take a little bit longer because you're no longer being a specialist. You're being a little bit more of a generalist and you're just having broader adaptations across the board. Okay. So finally, I just want to wrap this up with how I kind of structure this in a basic four session a week training plan for the clients that I'm working with towards this goal. So day one of your training week would probably look like a heavy lower body focus session with some accessory upper body work and finishing off with some cardio intervals, high intensity, probably in the gym on a bike. That way you're getting your heavy work in, particularly on the lower body, big muscle groups, and also getting your high intensity interval stuff in, in the same day, consolidating that stressor, job done. Day number two, lifting will be very similar, but flipped. So you're going to have a heavy upper body focus because your legs are probably going to be a little bit trashed from that lower body work and the cardio intervals and just doing some accessory lower body work in there. Okay. So that'd be day number two. Day number three would be a volume session across your entire body. So this is your third training day, some lower bodies, some upper body, all with the focus of longer time under tension, probably more hypertrophy work, probably looking at creating metabolic stress, muscle damage, time under tempo, those sorts of things. 
And then day number four, that volume session is going to pre-fatigue you for some zone two cardio. So you won't have to go maybe quite as long, but that would be for most people, general goals looking for 60 to 90 minutes of zone two cardio, whether it's running or whether it's on a bike. Those would be your four training days. I'll probably go two days on, one day off, two days on. How many days left in your week? Two, two days off over the weekend. Okay, that's probably the way I would split it out. If you wanted to do a fifth session in between, so do your two heavy lifting sessions, I would then put in an optional, optimal, optimal, optional tempo run between days uh, three and four. Sorry, two and three um, for 20 to 30 minutes working around your lactate threshold. That would work really nicely. And then you've got everything covered across five training days. It's not perfect, but it's very, very good. And it's going to get you really good results across both goals. Okay. So if you want some specific help in bringing structure and logical order to your training to get fitter and stronger at the same time, or you want to start working on your own overall health and fitness from a bit more of a modest standpoint, but you want to make sure that you do it in the most efficient and effective manner with some expert guidance, just check out www.coachianwood.com or send me a DM on Instagram at Coach Ian Wood. I look forward to talking to you. Otherwise, I will see you in the next episode. I've slowed this down because I can't find the stop button. See you in the next episode. Goodbye.